You're about to listen to a true story told live because this is True Stories Live. Brought to you by LJ Hope Productions, Norwich Arts Centre and me, Molly Naylor. weekend crusty because uh, if you remember a few weeks ago Boris Johnson used that word um, to describe extinction rebellion activists he called them um, uncooperative crusties um, which was a typically dickish thing to say <laughs> and also wrong because all the crusties I know are really cooperative that's kind of the whole point um, but when he said it, uh, my first thought was kind of nostalgic. I hadn't heard that word in years. Um, in the 80s, I lived on Salisbury Plain in a little town called Luggershaw. Uh, and I, I love Salisbury Plain. So, you know, we've got Stonehenge, we've got Avery, lots of Neolithic, Bronze Age stuff. And it's always attracted its fair share of crazies mystics, occultists, um, there's lots of UFO sightings, you know, pranksters making crop circles. And in the 80s, my little town was on the route of the New Age Traveller Convoy, which we just called the Convoy. And it was always the best time of the year if you're a teenager, because these little camps would spring up and we'd go up there and, uh, and try and score drugs, mostly. Um, because the drug scene in Wiltshire largely consisted of getting up at six in the morning and rooting around in cow shit because my friend Lucy said she knew where to find shrooms and she didn't, Lucy didn't know where to find shrooms at all, but they had shrooms on the travellers' camps and also dope and speed and we were, you know, bored rural teenagers. Um, and I spent a lot of time on those camps and I really got... Uh, got into that scene. I used to spend days and days there and sometimes travel with them. I was still living with my mum and dad. Um, and I was becoming quite politicised at the time because the other route that my little town was on was the route they used to take cruise missiles to Greenham Common. And uh, around that time I saw a map all the sites in Britain that would be targeted in a nuclear strike. And each of the sites had a little circle around it to show the blast zone. And my little corner of Salisbury Plain was like a Venn diagram of death. There was, it was like someone had been at it with a spirograph. It was, you know, I was getting it from all sides. So I joined a group called Cruise Watch, um, a local group. And, uh, they were like the neighborhood watch for, for cruise missiles. And they had spotters on the roofs. They brought these things in at night. And um, we'd get a phone call. Uh, and if I got a phone call, I had to jump on my bike and, you know, stop the Cold War. I, d I forget the plan. <laughs> um, 
And it happened once, uh, it was two in the morning, and the phone rang and I came out onto the landing and my mum was there saying, do you know what time it is? Don't ever call here again. And that was it, that was my involvement. Um, but I spent a lot of time, as I say, on these travellers' camps, and the main cause we rallied around was animal rights, uh, animal liberation, as it was called at the time. Um, the ALF, the Animal Liberation Front, were like rock stars in Wiltshire. No one knew anyone in the ALF, but everyone had a friend who knew a guy called Spider, who totally broke into Porton Down and liberated the Beagles. Um, but for the rest of us, we went hunt sabbing. That was the kind of cause that we, um, we rallied around. It was my friend Neil who got me into hunt sabbing. Um, he was much more committed than I. I'm not claiming I was ever, you know, a convincing activist. But Neil was. He had his own, <laughs> he had his own horn. Um, <laughs> He did, uh, we'd go out and he'd practice the hunting calls so that he could call off the hounds, uh, which never happened once in <laughs> the three years we went hunt in. But it was, um, it was our main form of activism. It was also our main form of kind of recreation. And it was the way we bonded. Um, and it was another thing that involved getting up at like six in the morning and then piling into the back of a transit or a, a Land Rover uh, and driving off to the meet, which was always quite a jolly part of the day. Um, it was generally quite good-natured. Um, the other reason I'm a terrible activist, I'm a terrible anarchist, is that I quite like posh people. <laughs> I mean, the, the ones we had in Wiltshire, they were properly posh and they were always, you know, really charming. Um, there was a hunt near us called the Collinbourne, and we used to go and sab it on Boxing Day. And uh, they'd always bring out trays of ginger liqueur, and they'd bring out a tray for the sabs <laughs> because they were classy. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so the, the, the hunt would, you know, go charging off, and we'd go charging after them, and we'd lose them. Um, because they had horses. <laughs> <laughs> and they owned the land. And, you know, so you'd always be kind of skirting around trying to find them. And we rarely successfully sabotaged a hunt. But um, sometimes at the end when the fox went to ground, you could get in there. And no one really wanted to fight. It wasn't that confrontational. So you could, you could disrupt it. You could get between the hunt and the fox, and occasionally um, successfully sabotage it. Um, but usually, uh, whoever had the walkie-talkie would say they'd killed the fox, and we'd all go, mm. and then go to the pub. That was generally how it ended. Or, or to a car park of a police station if anyone had been um, arrested for trespass, which happened quite a lot. So one time, and again, that was, that was quite jolly. You know, you'd go to the police car park, you'd kind of drink cider on top of a Land Rover and play punk really loudly so that <laughs> the people in the cells could hear it. Um, and one time my friend Neil got arrested 
and we were all in the car park getting drunk and everyone drifted off until there was just me left because Neil, <laughs> Neil was my lift home. Um, and he came out and it was early hours of the morning and we're driving home and we stopped at a, a service station uh, to buy cigarettes and it was a foggy night and we saw this strange glow in the distance. It was getting closer and closer and it was like nothing we'd seen before. It was kind of lighting up the whole sky, coming up from the ground, pulsing. And it got closer and closer and closer. And then around the corner came this motorcade of American military vehicles. And there were jeeps and there were trucks and there were outriders and a really big truck. And on the back of the truck was a cruise missile. And it was enormous. It was the biggest thing I'd ever seen. And it was lit up like a Christmas tree. There was nothing, you know, surreptitious going on. Um, and this motorcade sort of like came slowly towards us. And we didn't really know what to do, so we kind of ran to the side, <laughs> side of the road and knelt down and got our fag packets and pretended they were cameras and sort of did that. to embarrass the US military <laughs> into turning around and going home. Um, and the motorcade, the, the lead vehicle which had gone past us suddenly braked. And then every vehicle in turn kind of braked and the whole thing came to a stop. And we were terrified because, you know, there's trouble and then there's trouble with, you know, the US military. <laughs> escorting a cruise missile. We thought we were fucked. But they didn't take any notice of us. I don't know if they even knew we were there. And we looked at the front of the convoy and this fox <laughs> just kind of came out, looked the convoy up and down and then just trotted across the road. And uh, there's no moral to that story. <laughs> It's just nice. I just, you know, I like to think that's a fox we saved. And, you know, the fox doesn't care about cruise missiles. <laughs> Thanks very much. Stories Live is a story show and story finding project brought to you by LJ Hope Productions, Norwich Arts Centre and me, Molly Naylor. For more information about all of the work that we do, head to our website truestorieslive.co.uk.